Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute sixty-three of the room, in which things get very manly outside. Is it though? A lie, Johan. Well, whether it succeeds, maybe not. But it's clearly what they're going for. And what's interesting here is that you can see the Lumber Co. sign in the background across the street. That business、yeah. still exists. You can also see on the green awning that it says Burns and Sawyer. Burns and Sawyer is no longer at this location. They are only at their other one, which is on La Brea, I think. But this is the parking lot where they filmed the rooftop scenes. This is the parking lot <laughs> outside where they're filming the rest of the movie. Oh my god! So you can see the it, the business it, name, which is nice. Yeah, they use this parking lot like. Lord of the Rings uses green screen. Well, or Lord of the Rings uses a parking lot. Yeah, when they're in the swamps, they put that in a parking lot. Yeah, put some sandbags around it. Or Avatar uses the same exact spot. Or so what you're saying is this movie is as good as Avatar or Lord of the Rings.、Ooh. Avatar, not Lord of the Rings. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not think Avatar was good. It was a waste of my money. Well, A- Avatar's story is bad. It is Friday. So we、we'll、talk about bad movies. Avatar's story is generic and it's been done so many times. I think the movie itself accomplishes something cinematic that we hadn't seen before, and so it was—it's like important to have seen it, and especially on the big screen. I think because it it changed the way people use 3D. Although people don't use 3D very well most of the time, like 3D in the 50s when it was a gimmick, and then in the 80s when it came back was all like making things jump off the screen at you. Yeah, and like Avatar used it the opposite; they used it for depth, yeah, so that the scene farther back, and it made it like you're looking into a world instead of just at a world, which is nice, I guess. But but the plot is generic,、uh, Fern Gully, Pocahontas, so many other movies. Yeah, so that's where I kind of just lost track. Like I was just like, you already know how this is gonna go. You're just waiting for those turns to happen so you can pay attention、yep. to who's responsible for what. Otherwise, it, it the entire like script and story made me lose everything about that film. Well, it's a general thing that、uh, James Cameron is not that great a screenwriter. He's like a good idea guy, sort of like George Lucas,、yep. where he should be a producer, and for, in Cameron's case, he should definitely be a director.、Mm-hmm. But he's not as good a writer. So if we had George Lucas with James Cameron, might not be so bad. They've never worked together, have they? No. I mean, indirectly, because、uh, Industrial Light and Magic worked on Cameron's movies, but that didn't involve Lucas. What if we had George Lucas creating a world? Okay. Have Kevin Smith write it? Interesting. And have James Cameron direct it? What kind of world is、What、this? That Kevin Smith is writing it. I don't know, but it actually might not be horrible. I was thinking Alex Garland, but you know, I do Annihilation Minute. So true,、sure, true,、like, sure, true.、Sure. And he, his scripts are great, with like Twenty Eight Days Later and Dread. And yeah, ooh, Dread, such a good movie. Anyway, The Room. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, back. Alex Garland's、uh, The Room. Uh, the Room. James Cameron directing The Room. <laughs>
James Cameron went to my college. Nice. Fun yeah. facts. Oh. Mm-hmm. So when you insult him, you're insulting me. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just took this entire conversation personal. Oh, well, well yeah. we said he was a great director. You know? Oh, okay. But so this scene in the in the alley, it does seem like Denny's the only one giving it. Is all. Well, just like the last scene. Yeah. Philip Haldeman is like, we're going to be in tuxedos and throw a football? I'm in. But Greg's out. Kyle is leaving. Yeah, he's pretty much just standing there on the on the corner of the screen, just like, mm-hmm, stuff's going on around me. And and Tommy is angry over both of those last two things. So it's like, Philip's the only one actually participating. Yeah. Like, this is... God, God Tommy cannot throw a football. <laughs> <laughs> only two of those guys here can actually throw a football. Yeah, and they're also close. None of the throws are very impressive, and it, it, and then that last one we don't get to see how good the throw is because it cuts away. Yeah, and we get generic dialogue with like yeah, nice snag. All, All right, right Peter. Peter, here, here we, we go, go Mark. Mark. Yeah, but yeah, Tommy throws a football like he shot put it. <laughs> so uh, Peter throws it underhand. Yeah, it seems like Peter. There's something I notice here. Okay, at the five second mark. Right before Mark is about to throw the football, if you look at Peter's hand, he does direct a throw towards Denny. Huh. Like he doesn't want it? No. I don't think he wants it. Or like he thinks Greg forgot to throw to. Well, it, there's no dialogue, so it doesn't change like who's supposed to get it. I think he doesn't want the ball. Like he's just like, just, just throw it here. Like that, I mean, that's only more of a signal that he's done with the entire filming of this, this thing. So he just goes like, throw, throw it to him. Oh yeah. Like I, cause he's making no effort even, you know, he's not really cheering anybody. His hands are down. He's just rocking back and forth. And he's probably putting off the next one because the next one is when he's going to fall. Yeah. Do another round. We'll get to it. Yeah. Without hitting his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he, there's just no establishment of who's supposed to throw where because there probably isn't right. any. And the scene's so short, it was like just toss a few times and end it. Yeah. And so I have a feeling that maybe Greg actually looked at Peter, and then he sees uh, the hand, and he's like, no, 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 just throw it there. Now, one thing I did put in my notes for this scene is, the again, like the rooftop we just had two scenes ago, the camera feels handheld, mm-hmm. and it almost feels more like a movie, but this should be the new DP taking over, so I'm not sure why he's doing it. They're trying, they're trying, it's like they're getting better with the, maybe they had those two cameras still, but they figured out just how to move them finally. Yeah, but this does feel a very handheld because mm-hmm. there's no stabilizer. Yeah. Because if you look at the top line, you can definitely see it continuously shaking. Yeah. It's like as if someone's trying to catch the football flying at the same time, but realizes that he shouldn't. Because every time he tosses it, the camera tends to like drift just a little bit up. Like he wants to at least catch the ball. Mm-hmm. But the, the actors, they just keep throwing it out of, out of frame because there's probably no establishment of how this is supposed to go. No. They didn't, well, they didn't have time. Huh. This scene was announced and then they sent Greg off to shave his beard. So there was no rehearsal of the football scene. It's just huh. toss it a few times and eventually Peter falls. Yeah. And. Then when Peter falls, because, you know, the dialogue's not that interesting up to then, we cut to a close-up shot on Peter, which is nice. It's at the wrong angle for how he fell, but it's nice. Yeah. The shot itself is okay. I'm, I was actually wondering how they got two cameras down that low to get the shot right, but. Oh, I know. That's right. Because there's films side by side. Mm-hmm. They're hooked to each other. Yeah, I keep forgetting that sometimes. Wow. Like, I've seen my beagle give more lack of personal space than he does all the time. Mm-hmm. And Danny being kind like, of a dick, too. Yeah, he's like. Which doesn't seem like him. No. 
Which makes me think that this is obviously a direction because it's definitely out of character. Yeah. But they are all up in the grill of Peter. Well, think about from Tommy's perspective, this scene he knows will be the last time we see Peter. Yeah. And he's mad that Kyle Vogt is leaving. So what does he give us as the last shot is, you're so horrible, Denny's mean to you. Yeah. That would make sense. Gee, Peter, you're, you're clumsy. clumsy. Yeah. And then Peter says, of course, it's a line very true even for the actor. Oh, I'll write that's that down. Yeah. <laughs> Which could have been ad-libbed or could have been... Yeah, he could have just walked off set. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm keeping the tux. But, and they just kept no, it I don't in. want this tux. <laughs> Wait, I'm done. in this movie, did anybody drop the F-bomb? Well, Mark did up on the roof. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Damn it. Because this would have been the perfect F-bomb. <laughs> they could have been like... It could have been broken so many layers. Like this, fuck this, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Would have been perfect. Peter's too civil for that because he's a psychiatrist. No. No, not this. Although Peter hasn't lasted long in this movie. No. He's barely in it, but it would have been perfect if you knew he was leaving and then he drops the F, the, the F bomb in. <laughs> that would, it would have been so great. Tommy probably would have cut the entire scene. <laughs> Then the scene would have been gone. No, because they wanted, they, they, no, he filmed yeah. it, so Tommy's going to use it. Yeah. He doesn't want to waste money. Yeah, because he could have just walked off and been done with mm-hmm. it because he's like, I'm not I'm not falling underground again. Yeah. Well, it, it is a horrible pratfall, but... Well, that's why they cut away from it quickly yeah. to the close-up. Yeah. But then when he leaves, they get we get a weird insert shot of their legs marching away. Yeah. I don't know why. Reservoir dogs? That's It seems like it's aiming there but it's such a brief shot i'm not sure yeah it, it instead reminded me if you know the movie top secret <laughs> yeah the thing in the in with the, when they first meet the revolutionaries in their house and they they're in the middle of a fight it's people running into the scene and then people running into the scene and then it turns into a dance number yeah <laughs> with all the feet doing like a kicks Oh, one of one of my favorite movies has one of the best visual gags I've ever seen. Which the cow with the boots. Oh yeah, yeah. Easily one of like, <laughs> every time I see it, I can't help but crack up. It's it's a great. It's even aside from the visual being a good joke, it's also a good indicator. Is that once they're in the costume, they're a real cow. Yeah. So you put boots on it, so we know which cow is them. Yeah, but also like when they moo, like it's just the guy mooing. Yeah. Like it's not even a cow movie. It's a moo. No. <laughs> like it's, it's like not even done well, but it's just it's just one of the best visual gags I've ever seen in a movie. So anyway, so we're now at another establishing shot. Yeah, we get a couple more. Mason in California looking down toward the Bay Bridge. That's right. We're in San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Got to remember that. And then the Palace of Fine Arts. Why? For two shots. Yeah, we get the rising shot and then the walking shot. Why do you have two scenes of the same exact, like two establishing shots of the same exact city? Unless he's, well, yeah. The two of the Palace of Fine Arts would be okay if he was going to the Palace of Fine Arts. And you're not even not. in these locations. No, the next location is a coffee shop. Because, well, when... Well, when ice we, cream and coffee shop. Yeah. But when we did the uh, Independence Day Minute, there's an establishment shot of that building where all the protesters are, or not protesters, but all the people welcoming the aliens. Yeah. That's a decent establishing shot because you are establishing the building they are on, not necessarily the city. Right. Yeah. That's why this really, really grinds my gears because it's... You're not even filming there nope. in those spots. So, I mean, if you had establishing shot of the Golden Gate Bridge, the, just a particular one, then you pan to the right and you have the characters walking on the street. Mm-hmm. But first off, you'd need to secure the permit for that, which I'm pretty sure he they didn't did. for the city. That would be a decent establishing shot. 
because you have the city and everything and it's one take of like what exactly is going on and maybe they're talking you know and like uh, Mark's dropping hints about Lisa etc but none of that is there no. it's just it's just it's just to establish and even Tommy's being in this last establishing shot here is makes it even weirder because it's he's not going anywhere yeah God, if if I were to ever film a movie and just try and take stuff about the room I'll make establishing shots of every major city and just have it not even deal with those cities. Oh, speaking of establishing shots, I got to look up. Did we talk about Rotor on this show? Of what? <laughs> the movie Rotor. Oh, uh, I don't, think we, I don't um, even know that movie. Oh, it's ridiculous. We'll get to it. Okay. I might talk about that one today because establishing shots. Just, so just remember that. Okay. And Tommy walking by the fountain. Why? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why? Why? All right. What up, Just because. Why the fuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> we have to know that. I guess this ice cream shop is over there, even though it's not. No, that this is um. So, have you seen Angry Video Game Nerd? No. Well, okay. So he did a thing because he loves the movie Rocky. He went over every place that Rocky possibly ran. Mm, nice. With the establishing shots they were doing from where he started, just because it was all filmed in Philadelphia. Yeah. So he drew a map of where he could possibly have ran and how to- how much time it would have taken him and so long to finish that run, which was understandably an athletic feat on its own, but you're also talking about Rocky. Yeah. Now, that makes sense, considering, like, one area is so far away from the, the art museum, etc. This makes no sense if it's nowhere near the ice cream shop or coffee shop that he goes to, nope. just because of why are you walking over there? It's not near the church. It's not near where we... See him later over by the east side of town, by the Embarcadero, which might be where he works. And, or near, like, where he could possibly live, correct? Right. He just, Where he lives is actually close to where the stairs where you see him running later. I believe those yeah. are only a few blocks apart. But this is not near any of those other things. Yeah, so it's just... This is over, I believe, near, close to the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes. So that's why, just back to my original statement, why the fuck? Yeah. It just It makes absolutely no sense. So in the re-edit, I think, except for maybe the beginning of the movie, all establishing shots are just gone. Yeah. It's the way to go. So we're going to go to the coffee and ice cream shop where we get a weird cut right away because we have two seconds of them. That's them putting steam in the milk, right? I don't know if this is a real coffee shop or not. It is. But we have another. Okay. I don't know the name of it. I think when I looked that up, it had changed. And so, like, I don't know what it's currently called or what it was called then. One of those I couldn't figure out, so. So we have another establishing this is shot in where Tommy's building. Oh, oh. Okay. This is the building where they filmed the rooftop footage for the green screen. Oh. Okay. But this is another establishing shot because the cup says San Francisco all natural something. Double rainbow ice cream. Okay, is that what it is? Yep. So we are definitely in San Francisco. And it's actually weird that the cup, I think they only put that cup on screen because it says San Francisco. Yeah. Because Tommy very much didn't want to do any product placement or get anyone else's things be in his movie. Other than people that donate their time to him. But also, this is a business in the building he owns, so maybe he's okay with it. Yeah. But now, okay, so we have three establishing shots. Only one of them was necessary, and it's this one right here. Yeah. The close-up of the the steam thing, and then they cut to them pouring the milk, and then back to the cup. And we, we don't, even that is two shots. Yeah, but it it still says San Francisco. This is yeah. a good enough establishment that you're in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It really cuts out the back to the scene of the of the phone. Why mm-hmm. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. Ah, 
Uh, all right. So here's when I saw this movie. This is probably one of the best, my favorite part of the whole movie. This scene. Yes. Cute goth girl. That's it. <laughs> the one that's moving for the camera. Yep. That that's it. She's definitely hamming it up. Mm-hmm. I'm completely fine. She's got the uh, what's it called, the studded belt going. <laughs> I'm I was all in. I was like, all right, cute. I'm definitely fine with this, and that was it. We do get some dialogue. Yeah. The worker's name is Susan, but that's because I think it's her real name. Uh, she says, you're great, sure. We have someone order, says, I want to get a slice of cheesecake and a bottle of water. Okay. But then we hear a different voice say, um, I'll have a large peanut butter cup with extra whipped cream, please. Oh, that's the, the goth girl. Right, but who ordered the first thing? Oh. There's no other woman there. And then the guy orders a cheesecake yeah, and something else. Some, uh, cheesecake and a cup. Huh. Someone else ordered something. We heard them, but they don't exist. Could they have possibly used, like, I don't know, like when you're trying to do room tone, but you couldn't do it because this is a, a business? Maybe. And then they just used it anyways? Yeah, it's timed so that you hear someone order right before she orders, but there's no one there. And it's like, well, who, who ordered that? Ah, that is weird. But yeah, at the 59 second mark, she gives that sultry over the shoulder look. Cute. Gonna say it. Cute. So that's it. I don't know. She gives like that, that, what is her name in the faculty? Is that the one from the craft? Uh, no, no, no. Who's in the faculty? Where's that cast? Uh, cause that's not for the ball. She's in the No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, Clay Duvall. Yes. Gives me a Clay Duvall kind of feel. Yeah. Who I thought was more attractive in that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I was into when I was in uh in high school. So, I mean, it just speaks to, like, what my taste was. I definitely was more her than Jordana Brewster. <laughs> Still am. But, I don't know. For me, that peaked my thing because that's what I was into. That was it. <laughs> Best part of this. Scene. Oh, the girl? Yeah. Or the movie? The girl. Just look at okay. the, the end of the minute. The end of the minute, she's basically posed for the camera. Yeah. We'll talk more about this next week, but... They don't pay for their order. Yeah. I mean, that makes deal. sense. That'll become a big Why? deal next week. Yeah. Because no, no one pays. Notes from a midnight screening. Notes from a midnight screening. Football tosses. Every toss is bonding. Male. Bonding. Male. Bonding. <laughs> I love that. Bonding. And yeah. we, we end on bonding as Peter falls. And when... They, he walks off. Someone's like, and he was never seen again. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And then we get, this is, this is the worst thing with this movie, possibly, Johan, if you haven't been to a screening, is when establishing shots happen, there is protocol. Often it is, meanwhile, in San Francisco, but this time, there's water on screen. So everyone screams water. And then <laughs> in the Palace of Fine Art shots, the camera's moving, so you gotta cheer for the camera. It's go, 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 go. Oh. <laughs> And then it goes down to a close-up of water again. So it's water, and then it's moving with Tommy. And But then at the screening that I uh, allegedly recorded, when you cut to the coffee shop and the close-up on them pouring the milk, someone screamed, milk, just like they were screaming water. <laughs> pretty funny. I like that. And I need to I need to go one of those. Finally, when the non-existent patron says they want a slice of cheesecake and a bottle of water, some of the audience is like, all right, that'll be free. <laughs> 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 When uh, Goth Girl orders her order, someone screamed, baby, you're fucking food. And that's just going to get worse next minute because no one pays for anything in this shop. It's some sort of weird uh, socialist thing, I guess. I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) Uh, I like that, though. If any movie is going to have more capitalism, you think it'd be Tommy's. We saw him buy flowers. And this is 
essentially advertising a place in his building. Although he probably doesn't want anyone to know that. Yeah. Probably he, he got mad when Greg mentioned the place where he lives. Oh, really? It, when, when he says there's a hospital on Guerrero Street, mm-hmm. Guerrero Street is where Tommy's San Francisco apartment was. Oh, okay. So Tommy got really mad that he said that on screen because everyone will know where he lives there, even though that's not the context. Yeah. And then unfortunately for Tommy, that was the only good take, so they had to use it. Okay. But it is Friday. So, speaking of bad movies, I don't think we've talked about this, so I just want to bring it up because I'm stealing this joke from the other I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. The beginning of the movie, when you introduce your new character, his name is, uh, Something cold iron. He's this cold iron. Old grizzled detective. Oh my god. You get an establishing shot of like the countryside. An establishing shot of his house. An establishing shot of the kitchen that like pans across the stuff on the counter. An establishing shot of like the food he's about to eat. And it does like six establishing shots before it gets to him. The day started just like any other day. A fresh October morning breeze blew across the ranch. And then we cut to establishing shots of a farmhouse. This is riveting. Oh, you gotta get that whole pan in. Establishing shot, the movie! <laughs> cut to establishing shot. Oh, cut to establishing shot. They had to establish the prairie yep. so they could establish the farm yep. so they could establish the farmhouse <laughs> so they could establish the kitchen counter. Yep. <laughs> it's morning! <laughs> and then goes to like outside and there's a horse and we get to see him walk across the entire yard to get to his horse. And this is an action science fiction movie that's going to have a robot try to kill people. And it wastes all its time at the beginning. It's taken like forever to introduce this guy. And it is ridiculous. But if you want to see bad establishing shot, use that. That's a good one. Okay. Well, I, I pulled up the trailer for this. Apparently the, this is, this came up recently, this ad on YouTube, because they're mm-hmm. establishing that it's available on Blu-ray. Rotorious? Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think it's actually streaming on Amazon Prime as well. I don't remember if it's free, but I know it's on there. Oh my god. And I think Rift Tracks have done a version of it as well. Oh, I'm gonna watch the Rift Tracks version then. It's basically a ridiculous robot that's supposed to be like replacing cops. But it gets electrocuted and decides it just needs to kill people. It spends most of the movie chasing a woman whose boyfriend had a moving violation. I think he was speeding. <laughs> it pulls them over, shoots the boyfriend, and spends like half the movie chasing her when she didn't even do anything. It's 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 horrible. Uh, it's like RoboCop mixed with Short Circuit. Yes. Mixed yes, with... Exactly. Uh, what is it? Chopping Mall. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chopping Mall is a good one. So it's like a mix of all three of that. <laughs> I remember trying to explain Chopping Mall to people because I saw it as a kid. <laughs> and this is a time where it was like, oh, it's on HBO. So a lot like a lot of people are watching stuff on HBO. Mm-hmm. I did not know I was the only one that watched Chopping Mall at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to explain this movie. And everyone's like, I don't know. Maybe it's like... Chopping Mall is actually pretty easy to explain, though. It's a bunch of yeah, but, quote, unquote, teenagers spend the night in a mall 
And then the new robot security decides that they shouldn't be there and tries to kill them all. Yeah, but okay, so as a kid, you don't understand bad movies. True, true. So when you try and describe this movie to somebody else, you sound like someone that's making up a bad or making up a movie because <laughs> no, like, yeah, the robot shoots her and her head explodes. Yeah, like, nah. because parents don't see this movie and the and me should not have probably watched this movie. So he's trying to explain this movie to somebody as the same age as you that definitely didn't see this. <laughs> you sound like just some crazy person because you're trying to describe this entire movie that nobody else sees and it's bad. Yeah, it's it, it's an okay idea even. It's just executed so weirdly. Yeah. It's like Security Robot Goes Bad is a classic setup from the 80s. Yeah, I have it uh, screen or pause on the screen. It says Robotic Officer Tactical Operations Research. Yep. Rotor. Yeah. Who is at the beginning of the movie they establish in a phone call is not going to be ready for like 25 years. But then literally he already exists and gets lectured the next day. It's like, what was the point of that conversation? Did the person who filmed that first conversation know the rest of the movie was happening? How could something not be ready for 25 years yet be able to run? He, he, well, not only that, he has his own motorcycle with Rotor written on it. Like they built him a motorcycle. No, I mean like okay, like if I'm if I'm designing a robot and I just can't mm-hmm. possibly get it to walk properly, then I'll say like you know it's got at least five more years. Yeah, this thing it seems like it's very ready to be out and about. Yes, it just has a problem with its programming. It doesn't even have a problem with its programming. It gets electrocuted and its programming goes wrong. So it's ready. Yeah, but for some reason the movie starts with the the dude telling whoever his boss is rather angrily that it's not ready and it's not going to be. Yeah, but see, that's why it's like you can't say it won't it won't be ready for another 25 years because we haven't figured out the electrical shock makes it go crazy, yeah. like conundrum. But this goes back to the, the establishing shots that it has a bunch of them in a row in the beginning of the movie. It's the beginning of the movie is a waste of time. Yeah, because like if it, if it got electrocuted and started to try and go on a rampage, but it has no legs, one arm, and three quarters of its face, <laughs> and it goes like, well, it was 25 years from being ready... <laughs> Like, that makes yeah, it sense. it didn't have legs yet. Yeah, right? that makes sense. This is a fully formed thing. Which isn't even a robot in the movie. Yeah. It's a guy. I mean, it's like... They do have a robot in the movie, and it's adorable. He wears a little police cap. Yeah. But I mean, he's just a wheeled thing. It's like when you see the robots from Boston Dynamics. Yeah. And he's and they're pushing it, and his balance is good. That's not 25 years from being ready. That one's ready. They could be right. 25 years off from something else. They're trying to get... Yeah. Those are just trying to get around the programming now. They're trying to get them to be able to learn. Yeah. But that's, like, that's ready. It's like, cool, look at it. Look at it go. Awesome. You don't say, like, 25 years from now, we'll be able to shove it, and it'll keep its balance. No, this thing seems ready. <laughs> but 25 years from now, it can be our, it can take the place of the police and go on the street and decide who to shoot, I guess. <sighs> I, it, 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 so it's a bad movie. That's the point. Yeah, when it comes to bad movies, it's very, it, it's one of these things I hate doing. It's where the audience has to fill in the gaps, mm-hmm. and I hate that. Like, well, like Chopping Mall. Yeah. Why do you need robot security in a mall? No, nothing. Absolutely no. A mall has exterior locks. Each store has its own locks. Mm-hmm. You already have two security levels, and then you have maybe one security guy that drives around at night. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, but the stuff that's equipped on those robots actually makes absolutely no sense. Being able to blow up heads? That's fine. Yeah, but it's not like you're dealing with hostage attacks on a on a mall. <laughs> If anything, it's... The it, Cold War was still in place. They were going to be terrorists yeah, at that mall. It's still breaking an <laughs> entry. Like, that's going to be your your major craze that you, you... You may want robots with cameras. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, you want you want really good cameras that can just catch who broke in, so you can send the police after them. Yeah, but at the age of chopping, you don't want even the insurance problem of having to shoot oh people my, on the bus. I know, but when you think about chopping mall, and if you're going to try and equip those robots with the cameras, it's going to be those over the shoulder cams like that they used to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, either way, this one looks bad. Right, Rotor, if you can get through the first half hour, is really entertaining. I feel like I need to watch it now. <laughs> I haven't seen. I'm like I haven't. Know, I've just been googling it. Yeah, you guys if, if Rift Tracks has one, like I'm all I'm all aboard for that. I'll probably watch that. I'm pretty sure Rift Tracks has a, a road tour. Yeah, and there's just I think I've wait. Have I watched it? I don't even remember how I watched it now. Because honestly, I learned of it from uh, Best of the Worst. Okay, which I've watched. Wait, I watch all their episodes way too many times. Yes, they do. They do have one. Mm-hmm. That's where I find bad movies. But lately I haven't watched that many bad movies. I, I did want to mention yesterday I was watching fairly recent, I think it just came out last fall, Netflix movie called is it Under the In the Shadow of the Moon. Yeah. Which at the beginning is kinda of interesting setup. Someone's killing people in a bizarre way and cops need to figure it out and then it might involve time travel. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's cool. But immediately I hit like I thought it was gonna be a really bad movie and it was gonna be, yay, I got a bad movie to talk about. And a brand new one, because the fact that they keep making bad movies is wonderful. Yeah. But then it, it kind of got competent as it went, and it has some questionable politics, perhaps, because it's about killing people because they disagree with you politically. Mm-hmm. But this early on, they were using, I don't know if I've ever talked about it in the room, because we don't get car chases, certain sound effect of honking horns during car chases that bugs the crap out of me, and they do it immediately in this movie several times. And then they had really bad dialogue where characters were calling each other by their full name. You know, so we know their names. Yeah. I was like, you know, you're, that's your wife, right? She doesn't have to call you by your full name. Or use your last name when it's also her last name. And I'm like, I don't know why they just did this. And it's not even the name anyone calls him. It's just, there's bizarre choices in that movie. But overall, it was just kind of, eh, the premise was interesting. Oh, my God. What? So Greg Sestero. Yes. His page. Do you follow it? On Facebook? What are you, yes. what are you talking about? Yeah, on Facebook. Uh Possibly, I don't remember. All right, so there's a scene. You've seen that meme of that girl that seems to be twerking from the camera, then the door opens because her mom opens it, and hits her in the face. Yes, it's a uh, Johnny that break that busts in, and he's like, "I did not hit her. I did not." <laughs> and it's it was uh, posted by Greg Sestero. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, he also shares on. I think it's him that on Twitter will share weird. Uh, yeah, I love it. Memes as well. Yeah, it's amazing. They 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 just keep happening. Yeah, it's a bad movie that everyone knows exists, so it's going to get a lot of attention, which is good. Yeah, and our job is to make sure they know other bad movies exist. <laughs> I think we've done a pretty good job today. Yeah, on that regard, we even talked about Avatar. Yeah, haha. So I guess so because it's my third one. The first time I brought up a bad movie, which was Monster High. Second one was I brought up a bad movie I thought was good, which is Speed Racer. Now I'm going to bring up a good documentary about a bad movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys already spoke about the best worst movie yeah. about Trolls 2. Good documentary. Yep. There's this other one called American Movie. Mm-hmm. So it follows these uh, two guys making a movie called The Coven or Coven or something like that. It's a, Yeah, it's an independent horror film that they're trying to do. And they are like in a, a northwestern suburb, I think. But it's just these two guys trying to make this like really gorilla type horror movie. And it doesn't seem very good, like the way the movie is going to turn out. But the documentary of following these two people, like basically like 
it's these two guys that just have a passion to make this movie and they really want to do it. Yeah. And that makes it good because it seems like it just has a lot of heart to these two people. And I think that's kind of awesome. So yeah, Roger Ebert actually wrote a review of American movie. And he said, if you've ever wanted to make a movie, see American movie, a documentary about someone who wants to make a movie more than. Yeah. I, I pulled up the, the Wikipedia right now and it did win stuff at the Sundance and, and 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I did not know it was so highly rated, but it is worth it. I think it's good. It's, it was weird to watch this because you have no basis of what it's talking about. It's really isolated and it's not like you can try and like a lot of really good documentaries you can look up somewhere like, uh, Dear Zachary, mm-hmm. Icarus, stuff like that. You can definitely look up the history on this, but this one, it's a documentary about something so isolated that it, and it's good. So, I don't know. I, I like it a lot. So that's why it's going to be my kind of bad movie. I just I just want to quickly describe, because I've never seen Coven, the movie they're making. So I was looking it up. No, I've, I've never seen it either. It's apparently not streaming anywhere. My, maybe it's on DVD. I didn't, but on IMDb, the description someone wrote. Yeah. An alcohol slash drug abuser reexamines his life until he nearly dies from an overdose. Then a friend convinces him to join a self-help group, which turns out to be demonic. Hmm. What I remember from American movie is... It's a movie about a cult and lots of people in robes. And at one point they have to get, the guy has to get his mother to dress up because one of their actors didn't show up. Yeah. So I'm intrigued much more by this description that there's a lot more going on, but it's only 40 minutes long. And one of the, the main characters in this movie, I forget his name, Mark, the the guy with the glasses. He, every time he's on camera, he really gives it his all. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot of passion to what he's doing. So that, that's what I kind of like. And I looked up for home home media. It was released on VHS, nice. and it was briefly released on DVD, as, and it has a special edition, oh. and it, it came with the short film Coven and 22 deleted scenes. <laughs> oh, the documentary has the Coven as yes. an extra. That's cool. Yes. I'm not to the, that then. Because, I like yeah, I like the documentary, but I'd never seen the actual film they were making. Yeah, so as, I think if there's any recommendation to an actual good movie i guess was rated good i I really had no idea but i know that i heard about this from other people that was good that's why i watched it i liked it so that'll do it for us uh johan you want to tell people about your uh yes so i'm i'm also on the independence day minute i co-host that with alex and matthew and i also did starship troopers uh, it was called the Roughneck Minute. And then Alex did the Galaxy Quest Minute, which was actually really, really fun show to do. So it's not wrong when people make fun of the project. In this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!
now I've seen Woodrow Wilson naked.